This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. everyone and welcome to Inside the Red and White. This is the podcast for fans by fans about all things Arsenal women and women's football in general. We talk through it all from the perspective of the Red and White singing group, which is dedicated to building the atmosphere at Arsenal women's games. I'm Susie and Nat will be joining shortly as this week we're going to be hearing from Eve and Lauren, members of the Home and Away group. So before the Red and White came along, they were working to boost the atmosphere at Arsenal women's games. So they'll be sharing their story about how all of that came about. We had plenty to talk about in that recording so we shan't be doing a recap of the World Cup in this episode although Australia versus England in the semi-finals that's going to be a game to watch I'm not going to jinx it by giving a prediction but whatever the result I'm just going to be rooting for our Arsenal players um, to be honest so uh, I hope that they can at least put in a good individual performance but anyway let's dive straight into our chat with Eve and Lauren. All right then. Well, here we are. We've got Eve and Lauren from Home and Away and the Red and White uh, with us today to share a little bit about their journey, about how they got involved in football and then how they made all the, it made it their way all the way to the Red and White. So, guys, yeah. welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, great to be on. Well, um, fantastic. We need well, the listens, so we need all the big, big guns coming on. You see, so exactly, <laughs> exactly. We need the big names. We need the big names. We'll share the stats afterwards. We'll prove you wrong. We're definitely coming to the right place. We have decided to go alphabetically with this. So we're going to get let Eve share her story first and then we'll move to Lauren. So, yeah, Eve, how did you, I guess, get involved in football first? Because I I believe that for both of you, in fact, it was, was it men's football first? Am I right in saying that? In a way, Lauren in a more specifically Arsenal way than me. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't a huge football fan growing up. I didn't grow up an Arsenal fan. My dad's a Stoke City fan. So as a kid, that was my kind of experience with football. Um, I used to go get taken to Stoke City games, which was, yeah, not always a fun experience. <laughs> and then, you know, would watch the big, to- the big men's tournaments. So I wasn't super engaged with football, but I always, you know, enjoyed it to an extent. And then it was... The 2019 Women's World Cup was the first time I'd ever watched women's football. 
I think my dad had it on. Um, he's quite a good women's football ally. Yeah, just what ended up watching quite a bit of that, and then thought, oh, I should you know get into women's football. Stoke City women were not particularly accessible to me. I don't live in Stoke. They, they would be hard for me to watch. So I just ended up being like, oh, well, I picked a few players that I liked in the World Cup. I, I really liked Miedemar. I liked Van der Donk. They played at Arsenal at the time. And so I thought, I'll go with that. So that was sort of the first time I had got engaged with women's football. The first sort of, you know, good few games of me going quite for half a season and then it was COVID was just me going with my dad and anyone that I could drag along. And it wasn't until sort of via Twitter making better friends with Lauren and um, my girlfriend Alex and, you, you know, the extended cast and crew um, that I really started to get involved in Arsenal Women rather than just sort of awkwardly going along to a few games. So, yeah, met up for the first time. Was it the FA Cup final? I now can't remember when the first yeah, one was. The, the yeah, the awkward December one. The terrible um, 3-0 to Chelsea loss. Mm, um, yeah. It was a dark time, but a really fun time in that it was the beginning of um, our group that are now like super close. Um, so yeah, you've got a Twitter to thank and that dreadful FA Cup final. Well, those uh, they seem like good starting points. And then Lauren, so how did you get into Arsenal and Arsenal men, I guess, from, from what Eve said before? Yeah, so my story is a little bit different to Eve. Starts quite a bit earlier, um, pretty much was born into it. My dad's a massive Arsenal fan. His family are Arsenal fans, some of them. And my mum's family are actually Spurs fans, but we won't talk about that. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so it's proper proper North London um, kind of rivalry there. Um, but I'm the first child in my family. And so I basically had no other choice. I was I was put in a Arsenal baby grow within days of leaving the hospital and kind of the rest was history. So I grew up um, in North London going to a lot of um, men's games knowing very very little about the women's team I knew that there was like a page in the program I always used to get the program and there was one page towards the back of the program about the women's team I would occasionally read that and they'd all I would remember they'd always be top of the table so I just kind of never thought anything of it it was just kind of a given I knew they were good I knew they always won and I didn't think anything of that this was back in like early 2000s but yeah I grew up going to the men quite a lot of games and as a very very kind of avid fan And that lasted kind of a while through my teenage years, kind of classic, like lost a bit of like teenage love for football when I realised I had to choose between watching Arsenal and seeing my friends on the weekend. And then I kind of went to uni a bit disengaged with football in general and then basically ended up finding the women's team at uni in my first year at uni. So that was early, no, mid-2018. Uh, so actually title winning season for the women which is very good timing so through a friend who knew a bit about Chelsea women and kind of assumed because I was a woman that uh, liked Arsenal that I must uh, know the women's team which is a very probably unique assumption back then it's probably the opposite really for most people so I lied and said that I did follow the women's team and quickly went and followed them and then got hooked through lying because I wanted to make a friend in <laughs> what a way what a way <laughs> That is literally the best. It's as good a reason as any, really. Oh, that's brilliant. I lied my way into loving Arsenal women. That's brilliant. And then, yeah, he's one of my best mates still now, and I got him properly into into women's football and Chelsea women, which was nice. Um, Or not so nice, because it's Chelsea. (laughs) For those first couple of months, I, like, followed online. You couldn't really watch, like, a, a lot of the games back then. There was, like, one on BBC, maybe one on BT. But I followed as much as I could, kind of followed the Twitter scores. And then when I went back home um, to London for the holidays, for the Christmas holidays that year, went to my first game, which was against Yeovil Town on a Wednesday night. 
in front of about 300 people. Um, it was awful. I remember the game being terrible. We won, but it was awful. Um, I went totally by myself, uh, which was terrifying as well. But I just really wanted to go. And then similar to Eve, for the first like couple of years, I pretty much went with whoever would come with me, just random friends, people that didn't even like football, begging them to come so I had someone to go with watched us win the league that season which was great but again with with people that didn't really care and it just wasn't that experience I wanted until yeah a couple of years later after pretty much a full season and a half of kind of going as much as I could even coming back from uni for it sometimes but you know not with a big group of friends like you've said we met through Twitter we went to that FA Cup final together and the rest is history. <laughs> what a story I love it I love because obviously like I'm relatively new to Arsenal women, not to women's football, but to we're like you, but another tournament afterwards, like after the Euros, when I made a conscious decision to just go to games because the only game I ever watched was the FA Cup final, which was on like Maybank holidays. It was the only game that was ever on. Now I think kids are so lucky. Like when I was growing up, it was one game a year, but I love the fact that you sort of like lied and then that, that was it. So then how did it progress sort of from there so there was like um I guess a full season where it was just us as friends and we kind of thought wow this is it this is like the best it's ever gonna get we've got this group of like five of us or whatever and a few others that would would go to games and that like made everything so much better just being with other people that cared knowing that you'd have a group to go to every game with so that was kind of it for that season the whole time we would kind of always talk about how we wish that the atmosphere was better that was you know the one thing that really let Arsenal women down at the time was that you really didn't get that sense of like being at a football game with some urgency and where all the fans are really engaged and and sort of united so then at the beginning of last season I'm so bad with like times <laughs> but it was the <laughs> We just set up a Twitter account uh, that was AWC Home and Away, not with any kind of particularly clear mission, like practically, but just with a sort of intention of building the atmosphere somehow. So it was just, you know, started out with being like, we're going to be at this pub if anyone wants to come along for the game and tweeting out the lyrics to the chance that we would try and get going at games because you know we'd had limited success in the previous season with just the five of us like screaming I used to lose my voice at every single football game because we would just scream them and hope that somebody else would join in honestly that over the summer is the only time I think I'm ever going to have a voice because for the rest of the year I'm constantly got a sore throat so we need to figure that out because we now have a podcast <laughs> i know i know i know i know i'm so forced tangent, but my my boss um went to box park the same box park as you guys for the england game and came back saying lauren i i i know those are those arsenal fans those, <laughs> those arsenal fans shirts, but i know it's them <laughs> but that would be the russo chance oh it might be the root and the fact saying. we were singing la 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 honestly it was like it was like an arsenal game honestly <laughs> uh yeah we just can't help ourselves when we're together it's just a bit mad <laughs> I guess that's quite funny, actually, because it does really show the difference between what you've experienced when you were first going to the game. So then what is now the fact that whenever we are together, we all just start singing irrespective of whether it's actually Arsenal playing or not. Yeah, I guess it's it crazy. has gone yeah. come quite away. 
I, I think that actually it's kind of like the songs um, and, and the chants that we, or more specifically Alex and Eve mainly, <laughs> created that has kind of like grown this whole thing more than any of it. Because, you know, we've spoken for a while about wanting to set up some kind of Twitter or maybe even just like a songbook or something that we could use as some sort of like pressure group, I guess, to help try mm. and grow the atmosphere and get more people on board. But it was actually towards the end of not this past season, but the the season before, at the I think it was the Villa game which was the last home game at least we just got like a bit more attention than usual on some of our chants the Caitlin Ford Vegemite one started to take off the Stina one um started to take off and just like a few new ones and it was actually people kind of like putting on Twitter like you know who who created this song um it's so great or I think at the start of this past season someone saying the people that created this new Lena song need to make a songbook or something and that was the kind of thing that like was the catalyst for like, okay, we should actually do this. So it's nice that it's kind of um, come full circle. And now we have not just the five of us, but everyone, including all our all our pals at the Red and White, singing these songs and creating new ones as well. I mean, they're bangers, to be fair. Now, my favourite, one of my favourite things to do on the way down is I think Cherie made a playlist of like all the songs for the chance. We just sing them on the way down. We were in the, the pub the other week, I think um, after the England-Haiti game. And every song that came on, this was after, you know, several pints, but it was just every song that came on, no matter how impractical. How can we fit Amanda Illistat's name? In the oh, yeah. I'm Even pro all... Gimme, 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 Gimme Amanda Illistat. That's my favourite. Yeah, 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 that is a goodie. Yeah, it's a banger. I can't do it. So I, I don't know how your brains work. Within the home and away, at least, I take the role of more of an editor than a than a. <laughs> But I'm 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 good at tweaking things to make them sound good. But um, Alex and Eve are definitely the ones with the ideas. And obviously, it's become a lot more now than just songwriting. But it is nice that that's how it kind of started and and how we kind of grew it from beyond five mates just wanting yeah. to mm. hang out with that loved Arsenal women as much as we did. Now we can see, I suppose, over this season the connection it has with the players. I love it when they're singing along with the songs as well because they are proper bangers. Like some of them are just, they're so good. And with the fact that now you've experienced, obviously, men's football, presumably lots of full stadiums, etc. How did you find the experience of the 60,063 people at Emirates for the women's game? For me, I think it's crazy because obviously I grew up going to that that 60,000 full Emirates very regularly and barely even knowing what women's football um, was beyond the fact that we had a women's team. But even when I kind of got into it, I just genuinely didn't think it would ever happen or at least not for a very, very long time. When the Euros happened, it started to feel a bit more real. I remember them announcing um, that they were putting tickets on sale for that first Spurs and North London derby at the start of last season during the euro still and i was like oh what a great move that is that that should get some people in the door while their euros boom is still happening but i never thought it would kind of like happen the way it did both at that game but then going on to the sixty thousand as well but um yeah i had goosebumps i'm surprised i didn't cry but now now it's just kind of like the standard now i just want more and more like now yeah. i just want it to feel normal like like i said i was at the emirates cup on on wednesday and that was a classic pre-season game very low in atmosphere let's say um you know the fans as as kind of tired and and not back into it yet as the players were and I was sat there you know saying you know I want to get back to the Emirates or Meadow Park for the women this is way worse than that like (laughs) yeah that felt like a milestone I think that's it the um Wolfsburg game I remember Mm. just every part of it it, I like you say Lauren I'm surprised I did actually cry at the end when we lost but I didn't I managed to not (laughs) cry um just at the 
like how overwhelmed I was at the the turnout and and not just the turnout but like the engaged turnout I think that's the big difference right like you can have a 40,000 whatever it was at the North London Derby where you know you feel like most of the people there are, are there for a day out and don't actually care from start to finish that Wolfsburg game just like busy pub before like you couldn't move like it was so busy like people all people who'd come together through the football that knew each other the fan march when someone let off some pyro I was like wow we're here guys (laughs) (laughs) that was such a special day I'll always remember that one I just remember just looking around and just going wow like we did it like we absolutely did it like and and I think you were exactly right about it being you know an engaged because you can put 60,000 people in a stadium. It doesn't mean they want to be there or that they're going to come back or whatever. Mm. I'm really intrigued, I think, is um, for the WSL games, especially maybe the Liverpool one, like how many people are we going to get in for that game? Like, you know, I really want us to be sitting up at that top 40s, early 50,000s for like every single WSL game. You know, can we set a, continue to set these record-breaking attendances for the WSL? Who are we playing at the Emirates again? So it's Liverpool, Villa, and then Spurs, and then the big three minus City. I think personally, the Liverpool one is going to be so interesting in terms of yeah. the 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 numbers in the audience, but like in the crowd, but also like what you've said, how engaged they are. Because I think yeah. everything we've done at the Emirates so far, maybe if you exclude those like little midweek Champions League group stage games, yeah, have been kind of either these really big games or a North London derby. And Liverpool's kind of neither. And I kind of love that because we need to transition yeah. to like not just playing the obstacles mm-hmm. there, but all of us red and white lot obviously are going to be so excited. Like we're counting down the days till this season starts. Yeah. Like I love, mm-hmm. I'm loving the World Cup. Don't get me wrong, but we, we it's not the same. same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Arsenal. Um, but yeah, but the rest of that stadium, I don't, I honestly, I don't. Yeah. Uh, Was there a set game where you thought, oh, we're really making a difference here with the atmosphere? Um, I actually, uh, I think that Everton game, you know, the one... Lauren, the Everton game, that was quite rowdy in a really good way. Yeah. That whole first half of the season kind of blurs into one to me. I, I see Brighton that first game is the game that we created home and away um, and that we we tested a few new songs for the season and we had those kind of tweets being like, oh, those people should set up a song book. Um, and then that that second that first half of the season, other than Eve and I who are based in London, the rest of our kind of group um, weren't around so much. So they kind of blurred into one of like, coming back from games checking in with the others them saying you know has the has the atmosphere improved this game and us being like yeah yeah a bit and then all kind of culminated in that first game with the red and white kind of after I think it was it must it was a Champions League game right like the first proper game that we all met up in the tolly um and yeah it was yeah to me before saying like I don't know if this is weird but like I've been in touch with this guy Lewis and like I really think we should do it and you know if everyone's if everyone's weird if we don't like them we never have to go back but like can we just do it and like the two of us just like go and see what it's about and then obviously never looked back so I think that first half of the season was kind of a slow climb until that kind of big first point which to be fair that was only in the pub before as well because we were all obviously sat apart in the game but yeah I guess that shows really the importance of the social side of it. I think that the the spark was probably when we all started to really join up before the games and go to the pub. I know that for me, like one of the big things was Crawley and the fact that we were all there 
the game itself got cancelled. So that meant that we just had a lot longer to all spend time together and just have a chat. And I know that for me, that made it a lot easier than going on to the following games, to the following meetups. We were all just forced together and we were sat there watching the men's game. And I guess that that's probably one of the things that it's easier to do when you when somebody's actively attempting to pull people together, actively putting out on Twitter and things saying, we're meeting up here, come and join us. Because once you know people, you feel more comfortable. You can walk in and say you got there before your usual group of mates. There's those familiar faces week in, week out. And like, yeah. you know, there's going to be someone you can chat to. You've got to give Lewis credit for like making that environment with the red and white, um, encouraging people to turn up on their own. I know a lot of people did turn up to their first kind of meet up alone and now have sort of big groups of friends that they do all sorts uh, like hang out with all the time the social side just in gen in general life which I, I didn't have you know before um or haven't had for a long old time and it's just hope it doesn't disappear so <laughs> i think it will i'm not going anywhere so we're not no, 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 no. But, and that also that translates into the stands that's one thing i've i've been thinking about like the fact that when you know all these people like before, you know, a goal would go in at Meadow Park and everyone would kind of clap separately and, you know, you wouldn't want to bump into anyone or like, you know. And now we hug everyone. Now yeah. it's like that that leads to more limbs, right? Because you're like, oh, I know these people. So if I like fall down three flights, flights of stairs in the um on, the, on that topic of kind of the, the social side of the red and white, I think the rest of our kind of home and away lot that don't live in London came to that Brighton game or came to games early in the season and didn't come for a few months and then came to these like big Champions League games at the Emirates and were like, Lauren and Eve, how do you know all these people? Like, how have you suddenly made friends with all these people? But it definitely was like a lovely kind of like journey over a long period of time. It's not like we turned up on one day, the red and white was massive um, and we were all best mates. But, you know, I think we, I remember really clearly meeting Farah and Rebecca who had both come separately and met outside and me and Eve turning to each other and saying how like how sound that was and how 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 lovely it was. And then meeting you, Susie, at Crawley and, and a few others as well. And like each game, it would build up a little bit and you'd see it in such like a tangible way. And these new friends that had formed and these new people that we've met. And now it is this kind of, amazing massive community and yeah as much as kind of we did making some songs and, and forming that kind of early group like I don't think any of us were, were prepared at least yet to kind of do what Lewis has managed to do and galvanize all these people and all it took is a little message or some group chats making one or 20 whatsapp oh i know i don't know how many there are all i know is i've got a lot of them on mute so happened. yeah very much on mute but yeah i know from all angles the social side the atmosphere side but just like getting women's football to where it should be and where where we've all wanted well a lot of us have wanted it to be yeah. so long where I work honestly I think they get absolutely annoyed at me banging on about it but I start with saying oh we're doing this now we're doing this and and they were like God, do you, oh, do you do that? Do you go to the pub? And I was like, yeah, we're not. I was like, what do you think we are? No, we iron before every game. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we're not like the housewives of bloody Boreham Wood. I'm just like, God. Yeah, I know, I would, yeah, yeah. I just want to be back at Arsenal now. I'm just counting down the weeks. I, I literally cannot wait um, for that. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Champions of Europe! The only in the line. The United on top Shall we move on to the fan five? You can give different answers if you want. I'm happy with that, unless they happen to be the same. <laughs> no, they have to be the same. <laughs> Do they? No. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say. Sorry. Okay. Me and Lon share one brain. Oh, well. so <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. We do, but not always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Susie's getting forceful with me again. <laughs> Wait, I've had a beer. <laughs> um, right, so fan five. So question one is, what was your favourite home atmosphere? Lauren, we'll come to you first. The Man City semi-final. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> the reason why, for me, there were so many good atmospheres, but that game was one of them ones. It was a, it was a weeknight. It was one of those ones where me and Evil text each other before saying, like, we really can't be bothered. We're knackered. You know, we like we're excited to be there, obviously, once we're there, but like we're not really in the mood. We get there, the game was boring as hell, but the atmosphere was good. But it just got to the point. I'm as Eve will confirm, I'm a I'm quite a very negative football watcher. <laughs> I'm the worst. And anytime it looks like we're losing, anytime Things are going bad. I'm not like you guys belting the songs as hard as I can to energize <laughs> everyone. I'm I'm making every excuse in the book. I'm complaining. I'm saying we're losing 10-0. I tried so hard. Are you shouting up. at the ref? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. That's more Alex's thing. But um, <laughs> a bit of that as well. Um, I was just getting miserable. Um, and Eve was there, you know, as usual, telling me, is like, I think we've got this. Like, we look all right. We're going to have something. Cena's going to sort of score. Cena is 100% scoring. This was like middle of the, like, whatever it was, 10 game goals out. But like, Cena is scoring the winner. And it happened. And just those limbs in that moment is something I never, ever thought we'd get in women's football. And regardless of the rest of the game, the atmosphere was amazing, especially for a midweek game for the rest of that game. But just that moment alone wins it for me. And obviously, like, sentimentally as well, it got us to the final that we then won. And that moment means so much for me getting to celebrate a trophy with um, all my like newfound best mates from football but yeah that moment when that goal went in yeah I like that because that's a completely different take from other people that have mentioned that game so I love that because everyone's why is always a little bit different Eve was yours different or it was actually yeah like see, see what um... did I say what did I say <laughs> Yeah, it, I just, you know, you have to block out Lauren telling you how you're going to lose in it the whole game. Um, but no, the reason I loved that atmosphere was because bef- it was actually before we'd scored. And then I guess after, like, you know, when you're wanting to close it out. But I've ne- that was the, even to this day, like in the bigger, bigger crowds that we've been in, the intensity at the end of that game when we were, you know, willing us to score it was like absolute fever pitch. And I just remember like the whole of the North Bank and I assume, you know, the rest of Meadow Park as well, that was just 
absolutely screaming like it was just it just kept getting higher and higher and higher like the tension and the atmosphere was just an absolute breaking point so I think that that was something that I was like you come out of it and you're like oh my god I never thought I would feel that at a women's game and like I just yeah that tension and then obviously the win and I remember all the LALA going on afterwards like no one left it was just like this big sort of gaggle of people yeah for yeah. a Wednesday night and it was raining and for it was freezing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, was, that's why yeah. I loved it. Just... That was a proper cup night though, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? That was a proper cup night. It was dark. The only thing that annoyed me about that game uh, was the fact that could Steve so early scored in, like five minutes <laughs> earlier than that. Just would have been, do you know what I mean? Would have all got home a little bit earlier. So we'll move on. So um, favourite away atmosphere. The Chel- the first Chelsea, was it the cup away day we did before the Conti Cup final? That was, yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Just, that was a fun away day just because I love that tin pot, crappy little stand that they put you <laughs> in and feeling like you're literally a bike shed. Like, I'd, I'd give that one. And I liked the pub we went to before. I felt like that was just a good, it was the first time I'd been to Kings Meadow. I really enjoyed that despite the, the L. Um, that was really, really good. Yeah, both the ones that came to mind are games that we lost. Um, I was thinking of the Man City one as well, and that was that's a good why answer. it's atmosphere, not performance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why yeah, we I'll 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 put a different question in. Yeah, yeah, Lauren. I think the one I'm going to say, which I know has been said by so many people, because I think a lot of people kind of see it as kind of that real big start of the red and white as it is now is is the West Ham one yeah awful awful game never want to relive that but that whole day again the pub (laughs) just like great vibes and like a dingy like Essex pub that was like my first like proper away day because I did go to the Brighton game that never happened but literally I I always say that I went to Crawley for Anandos and then drove home um (laughs) Uh, I would have said that one if I could, but I wasn't sure that counted. But it, I think that was a turning point, though, because that was a, that big thing. Obviously, it got a lot of movement and it got a lot of what you said earlier, Susie, about, you know, being able to speak to people. Like, that helped me then meet a lot more people moving forward because then when I went to the Leeds game, I don't, I already knew, like, I'd seen a few more faces, so it made it a little bit less sort of scary, if you know what I mean. And then I think that's a testament to the atmosphere that... Um... All of the games we picked a game that didn't happen. Yeah, I, I thought of two games that we lost. Yeah, was that awful nil-nil draw. Because like, if, if this had been a couple of seasons ago, those games would have been awful days out, horrendous days out. Yeah, um, and the fact that we look back on them like, oh, but that random pub was really, really fun. So, third question is best team performance. Yeah, so I'm going to say Leon for this one. I feel like no surprises. Um, Leon in the Champions League group today. Oh, yeah. Like, none of us were or from our group of friends um, were there. And I don't think, obviously, that was kind of pre-red and white. So I don't think we had, like, the biggest away support ever. Watching that kind of on my little iPad at home, on um, on The Zone, on YouTube, on Twitter, like, timeline going absolutely crazy. Just could not believe what I was seeing. I have never been so shocked to see us play so, like I you know I went through the years of Joe Montemuro and I was collapsing every time a big team even breathed near us to see us play like that against you know the biggest team in Europe one of the biggest teams in the world I just could not believe it um yeah everything that went right could have gone right but not because of luck because of how good we played yeah it's just the little things like the first goal and, and it's like the just the passing and it just the way Caitlin just placed that ball in the net, it was that game was probably definitely mine and probably Eve as well, because I know she shares my opinion on that. But 
definitely like the start of my proper love affair with Caitlin Ford. When she is on, she is on. And that was kind of when I was like, wow, like, you know, I'd never expected. She's so underrated, Caitlin Ford. I don't think she is anymore. I reckon that this well, World Cup only because Sam Kerr hasn't it. been playing. Like, because yeah. I think you know when everyone thinks of Australia, they just think of Sam Kerr. And I go, you can you need to look beyond Sam Kerr because she just sits in the box. But what when you watch like Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford, she's insane on the ball. Eve, is, are you the same or a different game? The first thing that came to mind was actually the first leg against Wolfsburg. That was when I was like, wow, we have got that dog in us to fight back the way we did. I, I was just like, right, it's binned off, like, that's that. Yeah. But then to keep us in the tie, like, the way, you know, we already had, like, barely a starting 11 left that we would have put out. I don't know. I just really remember that being like, oh, hang on a minute. These girls will, like, go to the absolute end of the earth for each other and, like, really claw back a result. I do wonder if part of that performance and that result was something that actually then helped get you know, sell those, make people go to that game because they were like, wow, they came back from 2-0 down and Wolfsburg are really good. And if they've even watched the highlights of it and gone, well, I want to be there because Arsenal might be getting into a final. Like, this is massive. For sure. I think as well, like, it's a shame that women's football has to be kind of like every game. You have to try and make it a spectacle to get people to come back. But currently that is the case, I think. And I, without a doubt, that first game got people to the second game. Like, we, in the group chat during that first game, us saying, like, when it was 2-0 down and we were like, God, it's over. We just wanted us to, even though we had no belief at that point that we were going to get through to the final, like just us wanting to not collapse so that there was some shot, like some kind of jeopardy for that for that second round yeah. so that kind of people would still come and it would still be the big day out. It was kind of like build to yeah. Um, And yeah, that obviously is a shame and I think it will change slowly. Moving on to next season, dream signings. Uh, Eve, dream signing. Oof. Oh, God, go to Lauren first. I'm terrible on the spot. Oh, yeah, go on there, Lauren. Oh, I thought you were going to steal mine, Eve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I have a couple, but I'll go with maybe the more realistic. Um, I want Jon's daughter from Wolfsburg. Oh, yeah. Um, I think she'd be, like, the perfect other, other like, side to Beth Mead. She's an Arsenal fan, like a proper, proper Arsenal fan, which... I always love. Um, and I just think she's like lit up so many Champions League games we played against them when, when especially like not this past season, but season before when we just battered by them and had like no no shot at times. Like she, I just think she's great. I think she's young as well. She's got room to grow. So maybe that's not like pipe dream signing. Like, I don't know if it is realistic, but it feels more realistic in my head because I'm like, surely she'll want to come play for Arsenal at some point. Yeah. Well, but when yeah. they when they come in, when Wolfsburg came in because we was there at the player meet, she was singing along to whatever song we were singing. I can't remember because I was looking at her through the window on the on the coach, and she was singing along with whatever we were singing. And I was like, oh, just like come to Arsenal because she's an incredible player. Because like that was the player we needed to watch out for. And I was like, yeah, Eve, have you decided yet? I'm gonna go looking for life beyond Leah Volti. I'm gonna go Kira Walsh because oh I think, yeah, I mean uh, that is a dream, isn't our... it? The future of our midfield is looking very bright. I think Kathy Cool is like a Kim little regen or could yeah. be. Um, yeah. And we've got, obviously got Frida who's incredible. I think the worry is what what do we do? One, if Leah is injured and two, if she, when she retires. I think I would love to see Kira Walsh. Like she's one of my favourite players. I'd love yeah. to see her play for Arsenal. Yeah, she is my... Outside of Arsenal, she is my favourite player. She's on my England shirt and I have a Barcelona shirt. She is like 
I could just and Leah Volti is my favourite Arsenal player. It's that position that I love. She's often a player that some people I know that don't watch as much women's football as we do. Like my flatmate, um, he always says, "Oh, Walsh is my favourite play- women's player I've ever seen." My dad always says, "Oh, Kira Walsh is my favourite player." I feel like she's really just so technical and so good, and I think yeah. it's interesting that people who don't watch a ton of women's football are like, "Yep, yeah, Walsh, she's the she's yeah. my favourite." What's the last one? Favorite? Ah, oh, here we go. Big one now. Favorite chant. Ooh. Oh. Who wants to go first? You go first? Eve, you go first. I'm going to go with the LALA one. And that might seem conceited because I came up with it. But it's, but it's the, it's you know, it is our title song and it? it's amazing. Yeah, I'll get um, not self-promo just because I like it because it's not player specific. I love yeah. all the player songs that we have. But sometimes I like that that's just, you know, it doesn't matter if whoever player is, is on the pitch. It doesn't matter if we're at the game yet. I don't know. I feel like that's one that yeah. I've seen so many people join in with. I remember at the Wolfsburg Emirates game, that was re- like seeing people who weren't normal red and white faces, like, you know, younger girls and that, like singing along to it. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is so good. Yeah. And I, yeah, that one is a banger. We do chant it a lot. It might, people might get sick of it, but I don't know. I really, really like that one. I, I love that song. And I, and I I do like the ones that aren't player specific because you can just sing them at any time. It's a, a good pick. Lauren? Just because of the background behind it, I love the Steph Catley one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex came up with a Steph Catley one, as with many um, of ours. It's based on a song that they sing um, for Inverness, Caledonian Thistle. And I just love that because it's so random. And she came up with it thinking it was utter rubbish, basically. And to this day, she's still so surprised that everyone sings it and actually rates it as a chant. And I just find it so funny because I just think it's a banger. And I love that it just came out so about so randomly. And it was basically one of those throwaway ones. They actually, I think, you guys came up with those like two Steph Catley ones at the same time that you thought were both rubbish. And we started off with the other one that has kind of got bin now and no one really sings. Um, and then this one kind of got picked up by accident. I think we put it on the kind of on the song sheet on the way on the on the website, on the home and away website, and it kind of just like really took off. But yeah, I, I I've got no other reason for it other than it's a banger and I just think it's funny, um, the story behind it. But yeah, and it's like it's you know, like when Steph was injured, I was like, I miss, I miss singing that song. Yeah, no, good pick. I like that. I liked all of yeah. that actually. I think Very as well, good. like I just love a simple chant. You know, some of our long ones are complicated ones, sound great. Like the LA 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 one is perfect. But I think on the whole, to get new people joining in with stuff and to get it really ringing around, just something well simple. Like yeah. Steph Catley's got a left foot like Messi, like, and that's it. I just I just sometimes think simple or I often think that simple with those ones are, is always better. And a bit of call and response is helpful when people don't know the chance. You know what I mean? You don't have to yeah. know every word because someone's telling you what they are. <laughs> I didn't even think of it like that, but it is. It's just repeat after me, isn't it? <laughs> Girls, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your journeys. And, you know, here's to next season. It's it's going to be a big one. I can't wait for that first game back at Meadow Park. Um, I'm still annoyed about how far away it is but it's against Man City so there's no better way to come back to Meadow Park is it? Yeah thank you so much for having us uh, great chat and yeah likewise counting down the seconds until we're back at uh, back at Meadow Park. Thank you so much guys. Thank you very much. <laughs>
So thanks again to Eve and Laura for coming on the podcast. And thanks to you all for listening. This has in fact been episode 12. So Nat and I have been doing this for three months, if you can believe it. If you like what you've heard so far, learning more about the red and white and listening to Nat and I have a chat about the week's goings on in football, then like, subscribe, follow, drop us a review. And just to give a heads up that next week's episode will be the last one before we take a few weeks break to help us prep for the new season. So until next time, Ali ole away. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.